Welcome to the CEO Tip of the Day podcast. I'm Robert Hunt with Renaissance Executive Forms. I lead groups for business owners and CEOs here in DFW. I get to meet with these amazing leaders each month and hear what they're doing to lead their teams with excellence. These podcasts share powerful insights like those we hear during our monthly CEO group meetings. Today, my guest is Wayne Gono of Regal Plastics. Wayne took over the business from his father-in-law in 1997, and he turned it around, built it up, and successfully passed it on to his children just a few years ago. You know, very few companies succeed in passing on leadership to the next generation, and even fewer to the third generation. I think Wayne's relationship with Jesus Christ and the way he lives his life are the reason for this success. So we're going to learn more about Wayne today. Uh, Wayne lives here in the DFW area with his wonderful wife, Patsy, and their three grandkids and uh, and one on the way, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Wayne is also my friend, and I love spending time with him. So welcome, Wayne. Good to be here. Thank you, Robert. What time did you get up this morning? 2.30. Why would she ask me that question? Because I, I think it's amazing. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Well, you know, my son told me that Jim Collins and I, the guy that wrote Good to Great, yeah. have the same routine. Really? Yeah. And I thought, well, okay. okay that's, so Jim there. and I are the two weirdest guys in America. He you. <laughs> oh, Wayne's getting up at 2? I'm going to get up at 2. <laughs> I think that's amazing because I get your your uh, morning devotionals or just a, it's really an encouraging email you send out to a group of people I know uh, that you know and uh, it always is just sharing your heart. It's not super complicated. Hey, this is what I read. This says something to me. Here you go. Yes. But I get them like at three in the morning or something, and I always think that is amazing. Every time I see it come through, I think that guy's been up for four hours already. <laughs> Most of the people haven't even coffee yet, <laughs> and that's that's cool. But um, if that's your rhythm, that's your rhythm. What time do you normally get to bed then? I like to be in bed by nine. That's not not necessarily asleep, yeah. but by nine. So I, but you now my, my routine is I do get up and I do I, I do about about an hour and a half routine of exercising and quiet time and being in God's word, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then I will I, I do the exercise and then I will get a nap before I get up and start my day. So I get back up. At about six thirty to seven, Patsy oh, and I go walk. I didn't know the nap. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm a big okay. napper. I was saying, how do you survive getting from nine to two in the no, morning? No, I'm a, I'm a very big oh, napper. Okay. So that that may be an hour and a half to two hour nap, and then my day starts over again at about six thirty to seven with Patsy and I going out and walking and yeah. Morning and you make and breakfast for your bride every morning for every yeah whatever she says. Gentlemen, she take note of that. Uh, you have found that that is a time you protect and fight for. It's I, important. I protect our mornings, yeah, because we have coffee. We, I get her breakfast. She gets ready because I'm not going in the office any longer. Mm-hmm. So uh, she and she still does because she likes going in the office. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is. It, it's I, I guard that that time in the morning for us with my. I, yeah, guarded, that's cool. Heavily guarded. Kathy just started getting up and going to the gym with me in the morning. Not, I wasn't going very much in the last year, but I started back up. And I love that drive time to the gym. It's only like 20 minutes. Yeah. And just talking about life and connecting and um, very few times, but she does sometimes get up and sit in the, by the, on the couch by me when I'm reading my Bible. And I just love those moments together. Yeah. It's not, she, I'm a morning person. She's not. And so that, but those, when we get to have those moments, that's pretty cool. Well, and a lot of my friends, I, I, I know they find it kind of strange. Well, you guys work together. Why do you need that time? Mm. Because we have spent so many hours together over our lifetime because we've worked together. Yeah. And they just really get, you guard that time. I say, yeah, that's just a very special time for us in yeah. the morning. And it's not that we sit there and, and jabber the whole time, but we just, you know, have just a quiet, yeah, we're just together. Yeah. That, that's yeah you've been married how long? 
44 years, dated for five, so that means we've been together 49 years. 49 years. Yeah, it's been a blast. And then you worked together how many years? 42 of those 44 years of marriage. Well, I mean, that says a lot about both of you, that you can have a a great marriage and you love each other and have worked together that many years. That's that's impressive. And technically, I I work for her because we're woman-owned. Yeah. Uh, so I, she she is my boss, although, and you're happy with that. I'm very happy Take with it. that. Although not not having any day to day responsibilities, yeah. we're we're not you know we're not side by side making all the decisions anymore. Which no. except the really big decisions, we're not we're not in the we're not in the weeds any longer. Are you officially on the board? Yes. Okay. So there is there's fiduciary responsibilities still that you have. Absolutely. Okay. And that that is a great way to transition. We'll talk about that in a okay. little bit. Uh, I I love getting to spend time with you. On a regular basis, I mean, I've known you for years, but we'd like, hey, it's been like a year since we had lunch. Let's get together. And I hated that. It was just so, but we were so busy. Um, and about uh, a year ago, you called me and said, hey, every time I sit quietly before God, your name keeps coming up. And I'm not yep. sure what I'm supposed to do, but I think I want to come help you with your business. And I was jumping up and down. I was like, first I was like, well, wait a second. Is this what God wants? Because I'd really just started practicing that skill of, Lord, what do you want from me? Instead right. of just what, any idea I come up with must be brilliant. And so you just started getting involved in, in attending our group meetings. Uh, you, you are a guest speaker, one of our guest speakers at our CEO summit this year. And that was fantastic. And so everyone got to know, know you through that, meet you in our group meetings. And then most importantly, I get to spend more time with you. We get to have lunches and plan and strategize and talk about things. So it's really been a blessing to Kathy and I that you're part of the group. Well, we're, we're, you and I are kindred spirit. And we figured that, and not just because of Jesus, but just because we're so similar yeah, we in the things we do. Things yeah, and so the connection was already there. Mm. And I think that that may be why the Holy Spirit kept bringing you to mind during my quiet time when I needed this. I've got I've got to fill time. I'm not retired. I may not be in the weeds at work anymore with no day-to-day responsibility, but I can't sit on the bench. Right. I've got to be engaged with people. Well, and you got a lot to offer. And you know, just your energy <laughs> well, that's and joy. that's nice of you to say. Well, well it's true. <laughs> you, you've done so much. But you, you are a great example of finding places to serve and then serving with excellence, whether it's with the um, Revive Dallas. Or, yeah, Revive, Time Texas. to Revive. Time to Revive. Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, with the plastics uh, organization that you volunteered yeah, with, International Association of Plastics Distributors. Yes, sounds have been heavily involved in that. Yes, and and then and running the business. I mean, all those things. And so, yeah. you know, I I don't think there's anything in the Bible that says you should retire. No, I've never read a story where someone in the Bible retired. Um, but I think that there's this false narrative that you just need to work really hard and then stop and then golf and then die. And I, I just I don't want to live that way. I know you don't want to live that no way. No way. There's yes. still so much to do. There's so many people we need to influence and encourage and help. And as long as we've got game, and we do, we should be doing something. I totally agree. I think that's just the kind of guy that you are. You're always giving and caring for others. I've seen that modeled in just by watching you. What is your passion for life? I, I mean, I could try and describe it, but I think I just, I'll throw out the question. How would you describe your passion for life? Well, right now, I think we, all, we have seasons of life where our passions change, I think. That you you can have one primary one like you know just be the best Christian you can be and mm-hmm. grow to be like Christ through, through your through your entire life. But I think in, with your seasons in life, I think they change. Mine today, since I look at mine being, I'm on the the last twenty five, maybe thirty percent of my life, depending on how long God allows me to yeah. be here at sixty seven years old. I just I'm in, I'm at not the end of my life, but I'm getting into the last. Thirty percent, maybe, and fourth quarter. I, yeah, the fourth quarter, and I just 
My passion right now is I want to finish well for mm. God's kingdom. Yeah. I want to do everything I can. I want to pour into others. I want to be an influence and an impact. But for first for the kingdom, but then second in anything that anything that I've learned over in, in my life. Because you're right. I, I have when I've sat in on, on your meetings and they throw a problem up on the board. I'm like, wow, I went through that. Yeah, I did that one. Yeah, <laughs> I just think I'm that's like, the man. beauty of group learning is everyone's gone through something. Absolutely. And I gosh, I I, I look at those I'm, and I've seen. Because the guys just always have these business issues, yeah. and I haven't seen one like man, Patsy and I did that. Yeah. So, yeah. so, th- th- so my passion now, I just want to finish well, keep being strong, keep just driving and driving as much as I so can. So, how do you decide what not to do? I mean, I think we talked about this. There was some other thing that came up, and you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. There was something that just wasn't right with your spirit. What's the process you go through when you decide if I'm going to finish well, I can't do everything? Right. How do you choose where to focus these days? It's 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 difficult. Because when, when I have found that since we went through a, in, in this season of life now, because our company's fifty years old now, I have found that when people find out one, you have a passion for something; two, you have time; and three, you have resources. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean millions of dollars, but you've got resources mm-hmm. uh, other than time and, and willingness and passion. You have to so choose. I, ju- I just uh, right now I am I feel like I'm peaked out bandwidth wise. Okay. There's only so much I can do. Yours being the biggest part of it, and yours I, I enjoy it the most. Mm. So if something else comes along, I, I talk it over with Patsy, and I say, well, for me to do that, I've got to give up something. Yeah. And I say, what am I willing to give up? And right now, I'm not doing anything I'm then willing to anything. walk away from. That's why I just, I just want to focus my passion on finishing well. To, to, I might not be here next week. Yeah, and I just want to make sure everything that I do will take will take me to that last moment. Yeah, <laughs> for for the kingdom's sake, finish well. I like that. I think we're all accountable too for the tools and the the resources God's put in front of us. You know, at some point we're going to be accountable for the talents. The parable, of the talents, right. is a great example of that. And you've been given this authority to run a company and to hire and fire and invest in people's lives and to go different directions. And God's held you accountable for that work. And then the ministries that you've led and served on and the relationships you built, all those things, given a good return, I think that's important. Absolutely, yeah, it is, for sure. You told me on many occasions that your children are doing an amazing job leading the company, and you do it with such joy in your face as you tell that, as you stepped aside and, and how they're doing it differently, which is good. Um, can be good uh, as you step back and you have to look at going you know this place got kind of funky with ping pong tables and all the cool lights <laughs> and all the things that you were like why are we doing this but right. that's what they see yeah. and need yes um, and the transition from your father-in-law was not good was not smooth it was like here run the company um, and I'd like you to tell you tell us a little bit about that story but you you made a successful transition for your kids that you didn't get the benefit of having Tell us that story, of uh, just a quick overview of, of how you got the gig and then how you effectively passed it on to your kids. Well, the gig Patsy and I were handed in uh, October of 96, it was, it was family issues. I don't want to go into all the ugly details no. or throw a bunch of people under the bus, but it was, it, it was just family issues. You know, it, just, it, caused a, it caused a split, and it, it was just ugly. So we went from one day, her working part-time in accounting, and I was selling out out of the house, and then the next day we were running the company. Wow! And that was uh, it was tough on very tough on us, but we you know, we dug in, had to roll our sleeves up, and we had to just gather people around us that knew things about business that we didn't know. I was a sales guy; she was she was a controller or accounting. She just she did the books and the billing and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, and. 
So we knew what we didn't know, so we just had to figure out and get people around us that knew the stuff we didn't know. Good wisdom, yeah. And and we did we did know that. So we just we had a just because of the the, the friendships that we built over the years, we knew, we knew who to go. So we just brought in advisors mm-hmm. and help, and that helped us get through it all. It took probably we treated it like it was a startup because for us it was. Yeah, uh, and so that's how we we tackled it. Well, this is a startup, so what 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 are we going to do? So it took us probably six seven years to really dig out and understand it and get everything going. Uh, so, but again, spare you all the ugly details. Yeah, and not but, to derail you, because so stay. Remember, we, we're stopping right here for a second, right. a little juncture right here, and I want you to continue on the story. Your family was still involved in the company. From the outside looking in at you guys taking over, brothers yes, and sisters and relatives and yes, all that stuff, our son, that must have in and of itself created quite a, a source of frustration and argument. Well, it, like you talking about our children? No, the oh. other family members. You took it over from your father-in-law. Correct. Were there other siblings that were not invited to take that role? Yes. And uh, th- did they dig yeah, it? Yeah, that, 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 that's where it can get really ugly. And so without saying not, that yeah. thing, you've experienced the... The problem, and, and I and I respect that you're not wanting to throw anyone on the bus. All I'm saying is that a lot of other leaders are, have family businesses, right? And that's one of the things I'm fascinated to learn about you constantly is what was that journey like? Because if you here go run the business, you're like, well, what do I do? And then all the other siblings are like, well, we know how to do. It. Why are you giving it to him? Just the dynamic of family. Right. And how family wants to tell you how to do things and doesn't approve things or second guesses that can be hard. It. Uh... It, it it was, but yeah, you know, I just I probably spent more time on my knees during that uh, probably I'd say five six years than I ever did in my entire life, hmm. and sadly to say, probably even more so even up till today, because <laughs> it just I, I had to. That was it. That was where my strength had to come from, mm-hmm. and the same with Patsy. We'd never spent so much time praying together, because when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You've got. I mean, he just he poured into us and kept everything within our hearts going good to get us through all that stuff. That's a great. Reminder. There was nothing fun about it hmm. for an, an, a number of years. Well, we learn the hard way. I think we learn better the hard way. If you look at oh. the things you've learned, how many times have you learned a great lesson while life was going great? Yeah, you don't. It's we learn through the hard times. Yes. And then someone said that um, what is that the the view from the top of the mountain is beautiful, but all the fruit grows in the valley. Yeah. And the valleys where it's down in the ditch, and you're dealing with all the muck and mire and all the challenges, but that's where we grow. Yeah, it was. I remember the, the early on when I would sit in a, in a, in a business meeting. We really didn't have a board then, but I would sit in business meetings, and all everything was just going over my head. God, hmm. I'm like, man, I don't understand any of these terminologies. Today, I sit in business meetings, and somebody will ask me a question about our business, and I'll I'll speak, and I get finished like. Wow, I knew that. <laughs> I, I, I sound like a business guy now. Well, it took me 30 years to figure it <laughs> yes. out. Right. And I, the very, very first time I did, I thought, wow, I, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Awesome. And I didn't early on. Yeah, I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> okay, so continue the journey. So you took over. Father-in-law says, here, go run the business. Right. You jumped on it, and you, know, you had to. And then you, you walked through that journey, and then it grew. You, it was successful. You turned it around. You made it profitable. Yes. Um and then you got to a place where you said, okay, now it's time for the next generation. Well, we really didn't say that. Okay. We never uh, – the children coming into, into the business was never discussed at the dinner table. We didn't – we never – it was never – it's not that it wasn't an option. It was just never talked about because mm-hmm. we, we had two things we wanted our children to do. We wanted them to go to college. 
uh, they didn't have to graduate. I, school wasn't for me. I didn't graduate, but we wanted them to try that experience. Okay. And whether they graduated or not, we wanted them to pursue their own passion. Hmm. We didn't want them to graduate and step into the business. Okay. So we would like for them to do something for two to three years. Okay, so there was an actual plan that... You had to go do something for a while. Well, yeah, that that like was that. that was spoken to them, but it wasn't. Well, we got to have this in writing here. So here, yeah. there's a contract signed this. But yeah, it, it it was a plan that 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 we talked about wanting them to do something else, and they really weren't interested in the business. Okay, and I think why it's because they saw the hell that we mm-hmm. had to go through. They saw the hell that my my wife's parents went through. Uh, I think they shied away from it because they didn't like what they saw. Okay, now I've never asked them that, but. I can understand that sure. because they they went through the worst part of it because they were in in junior high and high school at that time. So they, and saw so they, they, they it was obvious what was going yeah. on because we were working so much and we just didn't know. Yeah, it was just it was hard on them as well, okay. sitting on the outside looking in. So I think that was part of, it, but they really weren't interested. So they both went and pursued their own passion right out of college. My daughter always wanted to teach. And my son is definitely, a, 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 he's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. He man. is very much Got so his own vibe, his own energy. He does. And he did a startup with some fraternity brothers. And there's funny stories to that, but I'm not going to tell them for lack of time. But uh, he, they took a startup right out of college and got investors and grew it, I think, to like $35 million in seven years. So besides the learning knowledge of how to run a business, do you think it taught them to be a thankful and appreciative of of your journey and the family because when you if, when your kid when you try and tell your kid how to behave and, and how things are important and they go to some camp and someone else tells them like hey my counselor told me this i've been telling you that for 10 yeah, years it is it is a difference was the journey of them going to another business and seeing how how hard it was or how how good you had it at this place did that the comparison become more evident Yes, and I think that's part of what like for my son I think that's what brought him to us because he fulfilled everything we had asked mm-hmm. and he was traveling all over the country starting uh, opening their their stores at there I think they had 13 or 14 stores so he he was going to the different cities he got tired of that mm-hmm. and one you know he wanted he'd, he'd been married or had been married a couple years came to us and said you know I want to I want to move back home have you got anything in the business that I can do Wow. And at this point, you know, we we did not have an exit strategy at all. We didn't. We hadn't because the children weren't interested. We didn't think they were interested because you could tell they loved what they were doing. My mm-hmm. son just loved this. Yeah. But it was retail, so That's he did. A hard he, time. Yeah. He he got tired of retail, living away from home. And then yeah. my daughter was a school teacher. She loved teaching school, and so she came to us. They both came to us. I don't know, ninety days apart from one another, unbeknownst to really? each other. Ninety days apart. Yeah, and, and but neither one of them something knew the moving. other one was coming. That's Because when my Chad came, Chad came to us. He he said, you know, don't please don't tell anybody that I'm wanting to do this because I need to meet with my partners first. And you can't tell Amy, especially you can't tell Amy because her husband is a fraternity brother oh, of theirs. And I said, okay, we won't tell anybody. So we didn't say a word. We kept this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. He thought it'd take him 60 or 90 days to get everything wrapped up in Oklahoma and then get back here. And then we would start doing uh, just doing the indoctrinating him into the business. Okay. And he started in what role? Oh, he just did everything. Just yeah, there, there, there was no role. He did, yeah. he came in, worked in the warehouse, drove trucks, learned the business. Just, he, he he wanted to. Well, okay, he was older. He wanted to understand our market, yeah. who we were, what we were, why we did what we did, okay. uh, product lines. So he he just he dug in. It probably did that for 
maybe a year and a half to where he really dug in and got to where he you know, went to all of our branches and worked with the salespeople, the managers, and underst- he understood business. I knew that. Yeah. That's why I was so yeah, excited yeah. to have him. Yeah, he did it. Because he, he has a passion for business, and I really didn't think he cared what it was he was doing. He just wanted to, he just wanted to run a business. Yeah. Uh, so he, when he got around, I was like, man. So he, after about 18 months, he said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to start taking over uh, some of the leadership. What do you want me to do? And I just little by little unloaded all of my responsibilities to him to where the day pokes up and I look out, man, I don't have any day-to-day responsibilities That's a great anymore. way to do And it, it was planned. It, yeah. it, that, it, it, that was all right. I'm sure there was out. more intentional things you were doing along the way as you say, you take this area and run with it and let's see how you do here and kind of watching how he did it to make sure he was going to do it well? Yes, and I, I, I knew he would. And I think probably the biggest fear for my son is that I don't think he's ever had a failure. Hmm. All through all through high school and all through college, he you know he was an athlete. I mean, he just was big man on campus because my son's big, six foot seven. He's a big kid, yeah. and he's got a big personality. And Patsy says he's me on steroids. <laughs> and, and 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 if you if you know me, lot. yeah, yeah and, and it's just, I mean, he, he's just, he's a great kid. And I, I when I say I fear because he hadn't had any failures, but you like you just said, you learn you a lot a from cocky. failures. Yeah, you do. You can get a little cocky sometimes. You yeah, can overbake something. You think yeah. this is easy. I'll just jump on it. And, and I, I don't see that in him. I don't see the cockiness in him. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. He, he, he is, he is humble, but he, he does take direction. He'll, if he's wrong, he admits it. Uh, he's, wow. he's, he's got a, he That's just solid. has a great heart. He, he really, when, really When does. he started taking over, and so you, you'd slowly moved out, and now he's running it. What was one of the things he did that you're like, no, that is not a good idea, but it was a great idea? I'm sure there's got to be things you're looking at going, dude, I would never in a million years do that. We've talked about the environment of the company, and they've taken on some, some philosophies by implementing EOS and some culture uh, index and things that they've done that are tools, but there was a, a big shift in the way the business looked and felt through yes. his leadership. What was one of those things that you thought when he first rolled it out, this is not a good idea? You know, I really don't think I have one because everything he brought to us, because he he brought, he went through a uh, through a foundation, if you will, called Biz Owners Ed. Oh, yeah, yeah, with your and, friend who, who runs yeah, that. that. Yeah, David Hammer and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gosh, I can't think of Jay's last name. Yeah, that, yeah, David and Kay Hammer, yeah. and but but in, anyway, the, it, this was remarkable. Patsy and I sat in the uh, in the, the the galley in the back the, during a lot of the classes, and the speakers they bring in are just phenomenal. And it's all just for entrepreneurs. It's, you got to be a startup. Well, we want to start up startup, but because Chad, Chad, we know the the found the founders really really well. Then they they just let Chad come sit in on, and that was the beginning of his knowledge of just bigger, broader, 20,000 feet up knowledge of business. Mm -hmm. So he would bring things to us that he learned there, and we would just implement them. And every Mm -hmm. one, he brought three really big ones, and every one of them was a great idea. I never looked at it and said... No, this, no, this isn't. This isn't gonna. This isn't gonna work. What about the redesign of the building? That you know. Well, that out? was. I had to learn some lessons there because when Patsy and I first took over the business, we did the same thing, but they just weren't as dramatic. Ah. We redecorated. We 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 made the offices and the facilities and the even the warehouses be more like us. Okay. And I didn't think about that when he first started because when he first started changing the culture, but well, he made the culture. 
more of a big deal. We always had culture, mm-hmm. but it, the culture, unfortunately, was in my head and in my heart. It wasn't pronounced nearly as much as it is today. So it just kind of was felt and exuded out, but yes. there wasn't a plan. Now it's it, it's planned. It's lived. Mm-hmm. They've you got the core values. They've got and, and everybody's on the same page in the entire company. You don't find anybody that's not rolling in the same direction. I mean, nobody. And we never did that. Now, the, awesome. the only thing I, I – I didn't question whether it was going to work, but th- that wouldn't work for baby boomers and probably wouldn't even work for you. This, you know, our sales floor is like you mentioned earlier. It's, you know, it's got ping pong tables, foosball tables, uh, cornhole, basketball hoops, uh, bright lights. Hey, man, get man. to work. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> just – it's different. Yeah. And I couldn't function in that. Mm. But – you know the generation from Chad, who's a millennial, from you know from that to Gen Z to Gen X, and then the James's generation may not be able to because James is right out of high school. Yeah, he's nineteen. Yeah, he 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 may not fit into that because it, each generation is different. Sure. But fortunately, the millennials and the Gen the Gen X's work in that, and that's primarily who our leader, who, who most of our company is today. But we've got them all the way down to James's age. Do you still have any of the old regimes still hanging out? Yes, but not very many. A lot, a lot of them decided that you know they didn't really like the uh, like the culture. Didn't like some of them even left because they were really being held accountable. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah, I think right. there's a book coming out I about think that. There is. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, in a so, but uh, yes, yeah, so, but they now it's all it's young. We probably might have four, maybe five of the hundred and something in the company that are that have been around wow. with Patsy and I for okay. a long time, and they they all bought in on it. And they just they, they love it, and they, they they saw the advantages of it. And the smartest thing Patsy and I did, we had the wisdom, and I think God gave us this is just to step aside and get out of their way. Yeah, and that wasn't easy. No, that wasn't well. Easy. And I've seen leaders who refuse to let go on the simplest things, and it's really just pride. And stepping aside is a hard thing to do. But if you've been intentional to transfer. The culture, the values, the purpose, all the things that are important, and how to run a business. Right. You empower them to do it, but you got to put your ego in check, and you got to be willing to do that. And and you guys have done that well, and I think Chad's been the benefit. Well, I think the uh, you know we we talk I talk a lot about Chad, which is which is kind of a shame because my daughter like gets kind of stepped on, and and she she is just as critical and just as excellent in her area of the business because she she is now the CFO. Okay. And she is so she's running. Gosh, what eight eight different companies and doing all the finances for it and making all the financial decisions, awesome. and she is she's brilliant at what she does. She is just like her mom, and Chad is just like me. I mean, you don't think God planned that? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean That's to bring awesome. Patsy and I together and all her giftedness and my giftednesses. It was just a gel. We truly did become one when we got married. We just didn't know what that one was going to look like. You yeah. know, forty years into later. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, now's a good time for me to take a break and remind everyone that our podcast is sponsored by the CEO tip of the day for Alexa and Google smart speakers. Ask Alexa to open the CEO tip of the day and get daily insights and tips from business owners and CEOs to help you be your best. Have you ever used that uh, app on the Alexa? Do you have an Alexa? Uh, all over the house. <laughs> a lot of my friends have you ever say, asked it you to gr- open the CEO? No, thing? you know, I have not. I've gone it, Wayne. Yeah. My whole business. As soon as I leave here, I'm going to go home, home and I'm going to ask. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Call me and tell me what it says. Alexa, give me the tip of the day from CEO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give you the exact vernacular. Okay. Um, and, and what's cool about that app is that 
I wrote all those skills. I hired someone to do it, obviously, but I wrote all the tips that are in there from everything we've talked about in our group meetings because I'd always hear, that's a great nugget of truth. And I'd capture it, and I just had a whole drawer full of all these truths. I'm going to write a book someday. I put it in an app. And that way, every morning you ask Alexa, hey, open the CEO tip of the day. And it says, welcome to the Renaissance CEO tip. And you say, what's the CEO tip of the day? And it tells you something that we said in our group that I thought that was so important. I can't let this go. And as I capture them all, I got like 58 different messages. And you probably will never hear the same one again as it rotates out every day and stuff. But I just keep going and adding to them. I added the water line that we've been talking about in our mm-hmm. groups lately and about how to delegate and, uh, and you know, the 20-mile day. All these tips. They just okay, like, here's something that now you just you just enlightened me on something I did not know. I didn't know this was you. I just thought it was something that Alexa oh, did. Oh, no, I created. No, it. see now that okay. Now I will ask it every morning. Well, I get to hear Robert first thing. No, because because one sits by my desk. Okay, there's one in our bedroom. There's one in our den. There's one in the kitchen. There's one in the garage. So they're all over the place. So I will get now. I, I really didn't know it was you. Well, they came from our group, but I I captured them and I wrote them down, and I just thought these are so so awesome. I got to do something with it, and then I heard that you could write your own skill on Alexa. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great company I worked with, and they they cranked it out for me. But uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's very inspiring, very encouraging. You you'd like all the tips. I don't doubt. Yep, I will do that from now. Everyone's had a lot of effect on their lives from COVID in the last year and a year and a half. But I think there's a lot of positive things. We talk about it in our peer groups that this was a time of a reset, and that I ask everyone a year later, and most people will say. I had some really great things that came out of COVID. Yes, a lot of hardships, but we learned how to be a more resilient company. Yes, we had a lot of challenges, but I learned that I'm not spending enough time with my family. There was a lot of learning, a lot of great things. And a lot of my clients have actually had great growth and success despite the challenges. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your world and your business, what were the positive changes that you saw come out of COVID? Quite a few, really. Uh, probably the best ones we had had, had a COVID grandson born during hey, during COVID, so that, that that was kind of cool. It's kind of a little bit scary that for my daughter in law because sure. because you know my, my son couldn't go to the hospital with her, mm-hmm. so it was a, a little bit weird in that respect. And plus, you know, early on we didn't know that much about the virus, right. so she was really you know, she was probably more fearful than she was anything. And we understood that as as parents. And, okay, under you know, and plus his past being a mom, and she understood where her fear was coming from because sure. you just didn't know at that time so there was a lot of standoffish there but we got a little forward now he's a little over a year and he, he just he's probably the most joyful baby i've ever been around nice i just this kid never doesn't have a smile on his face uh, so that that was that was the top thing that, okay. that came out of covid for us personally how the business do well any place you walked into in 2020 you came face to face with plexiglass yeah uh, it, but well, we made the uh, because I, I think because of the youth of our company today, they shifted. They were a very nimble company. Yeah. They shifted really fast to the demands they thought and where they were coming from. First, it was the face shields. Oh, okay. So they made a huge shift. They were buying up product to to make manufacture these face shields mm-hmm. like crazy. And then it shifted to the uh, the, the partitions that are okay. that, that are in retail, and then that went into that went into schools and the colleges and the elementary schools, junior highs, high schools. Then it went into government, TSA. It just it blew up. Yeah. And my my wife and Donna were getting very very nervous because they were buying millions of dollars of material, 
and just putting it in our putting it in our warehouse. We we exploded with all of that, so we we took over a lot of our extra spaces that we had because the buildings we had had tenants in them, mm-hmm. and fortunately some of them were you know that they didn't they didn't want to re up there, so we just took over the space oh, and we just filled everything. But we had we had containers in the parking lot. When we had they shifted these young guys shifted so fast to get material that's awesome when material was hard to come by well you got to get ahead of it because they did run short they yeah, yeah. they Everybody's yeah they, they run, run short ugly still. short and we i because of my uh the friendships i've developed in our trade association or in our industry we, we, we were we were sharing a lot of that material we had with the competitors because we're our, our industry is very unique yeah, I, that's I a good think. Way to go. so yeah so we, we yeah sure. we, were, we were selling it we made some money off of it but not like you would if yeah. you were selling it straight out so the business it just boomed and then we were able to start a, a side business that my son saw called uh, cover your pergola yes and that uh, so james is working on a lot of yes that is exactly Answering what he's all doing. the questions on facebook can you cover my pergola it just a uh, matter of fact i asked uh what, what did we pull through social media last in in 2020 in sales and it was just south of of 10 million dollars wow and all it, it was it was it was cons- backyard construction wow and cover your pergola it's a, it's yeah a, everyone's at home they want to make it look better well and not just look better but make it more usable because mm-hmm. pergolas like my my, my so the tagline for the company is naked pergolas suck you can't you know you, what, what 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 yes well what good is it if you can't if, if it's rainy or if it's hot yeah, that's so the, true. so the product that we've got and we developed the whole system to put on there it you know, it's hail resistant up to I mean if you saw some of the stuff my son did on LinkedIn to promote this product it did amazing but anyway it's uh, it it it's, it comes tinted so it cuts the temperature down oh. it covers it to where it, you know it's not you, you can't sit in a pergola when it's raining right right and they had us build one early on for marketing so they came out and video the whole thing so you can watch it being built in ninety seconds so that business took over. And then he's got another one that they're, that they're looking at doing. I won't get into that because it's right now. It's kind of a secret. What does it rhyme with? <laughs> Rhine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'll stop there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so no. So well, businesses uh, businesses done quite well. That's the great. shift they made as quickly as they made it. And so I, we could not be more elated where it is. And we've been able to maintain a lot of customers mm. from. The new customers that we've uh, that we've uh, got a hold of because of uh, the needs with the COVID products. Good for you guys. Way to go! I love that shifting. That the word pivoting has been overused so much, but it really you got to pivot. Yes. You got to be aware of what's going on in the market. Listen to your clients. Staying focused on your best clients is really the best indication of what I need to do next. But sometimes it's a brand new client because there's an opportunity in the market. Right. And those people who can anticipate changes are the ones that get ahead of it. Gretzky always said. He was great because he skated where the puck was going. Mm-hmm. And I love that phrase. Uh, that is a great way for us to look <laughs> at opportunities. So besides being on this show, what's the funnest thing you've done lately? Lately? Can it be trips? Oh, yeah. Those well, are fun. Okay. Well, all right. Good. Well, uh, we're, we're wine enthusiasts. Yes. And we really enjoy going to the uh, the wine country on the, on the West Coast, whether it can be all the way down to Temecula all the way up into to Washington State. We just we enjoy when we first went we went to drink wine. Mm-hmm. Now we go to be then we went in to be educated. Now we go to meet families cuz most of the smaller they you know they're they're family owned businesses. Mm. And we really love getting to meet family members of, of, of the wineries. Of the wineries. How and cool it, is that? And if you if you prearrange your your 
tastings and tours, then you can you chances are you might get the winemaker. You might get like there was one uh, at the Trefethen. They're in their third generation now, so we got to hang out with the daughter and and the son. Uh, and it was just her, one, one, the, the daughter's name is Haley, and the son's name was uh, is uh, Lalo. No, not Lalo. Gosh, I can't think of. It. I'm ashamed. I can't think of. It. But he's anyway, going to hear we, this podcast for sure, and he's oh, going to be I'm so certainly mad. he is. <laughs> <laughs> that guy forgot my name. But but, but anyway, we, we we got to hang out with them, That's and cool. it just it's just neat to hear the stories out there. So now it's more about developing friendships out there than it is anything. That's we cool. still enjoy going and doing the wine stuff, but getting to you know develop relationships. Well, you out are there a relationship blast. guy, so that, that I that am. makes sense. They're probably going to have you at all their weddings. And yeah, their I, doubt, I doubt <laughs> that. I remember when James was a little kid, we'd always go to neighbors and hang out and stuff, and, and I loved to play, so I'm always in the bounce house with the kids and right. stuff and just making it fun. And then one of the kids on our street said they were going to have a birthday party, and they asked, well, can Mr. Hunt come? Right. And I, I'm getting invited to you know, fourth graders' <laughs> birthday parties. That's, pretty, that's a good compliment. That's interesting Great. because I see you as such a, a constant learner. Well, I learned that I need to be. So you learned that you you have to figure out how to learn. Yes. And, and so you didn't finish college, but you, you learned that in life you just got to be paying attention. And, and how do you get most of your learning? Just on-the-job experience? Uh, on-the-job experience, uh, I, am, I, I am influenced and impacted by two, observation and listening. I pay close attention to leaders that I serve with. You... I pay you. You wouldn't believe how many times I use you just when and when I'm out and, and just with people, yeah, because cool. I have just learned from listening to you the way you conduct yourself. I've I've learned more from people watching and listening than anything I've ever learned in a book. Now my son is a ferocious reader. He wishes I were. I I like to, I, I'm a better listener than I am a reader. So Patsy's trying to get me to do the, the ear, the I mean, audible, audible books. books. Yeah. Because I'm like, like oh, okay, I haven't done it yet, uh-huh. uh, but I, I, I have a hard time stay focused. I, sh- I yeah, I, well, she doesn't. She's always got her beer buds in, and oh, okay. so that 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 would probably be my. I would say my biggest mistake is I wish I had just been a better student and got gotten out of high school and gone into college and graduated from college. I, I just think that experience is critical. Hmm. Well, I think a book that you will be reading is one on accountability that Salem Thine and I are writing. Yes, I will. Called uh, Peak Accountability. Navigating the Climb to a Victorious Life. Now, we'll probably have to change that name. I was talking with one of the uh, publishers the other day about, you know, is someone who's avoiding accountability going to pick up a book on a bookshelf that says accountability? I don't know if it's going to work, so we're going to probably have to come up with some other title. But for now, it's called that. So when you think about accountability in life, how do you keep yourself accountable? Wow, that's a, that's a very good question. I... I think the Holy Spirit does a very, very good job of keeping me accountable oh. in in a lot of areas of my life. He, I, I get convicted. One, one of my biggest things I, I do right now is, you know, there's one thing about being bold in your faith. It's a whole other thing to be obedient in it. Hmm. And I'm not good on the obedient part. I can be bold in my faith, but I suck at being obedient. And the difference between that is that... It, when you want to do it, you're bold. But when God wants you to do it, that's obedient. Is yes, that the difference? That's the difference because I'll feel a I'll feel a tap on I my shoulder, and I don't respond. Yeah, and nothing would disappoint me more than I end the day and I say, you know what? I disappointed I my Savior today. I mm-hmm. disappointed him. He asked me to do this, and I didn't. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, when you want to, when you're into it and you decide to do something, that boldness can be there. But it is a whole different level because I think there are times where someone has a heart and they need something and you're there. God put you there to be at that moment to encourage someone or, or to share with someone or to challenge someone and you hold back. Uh, that's a missed opportunity that, that I think some, that I think often yes. God cooks up for us and goes, here you go. I, you're my hands and feet. Go yeah. do what I would want to do. And some of that that I'm working on is radical candor having the mm-hmm. willingness to say something even though i think this might hurt their feelings but they're going to self-destruct if i don't say something i get privy to an awful lot of insights from business owners and ceos and they tell me stuff and i could just go oh it sucks for you or oh i hope that works out but most of the time i have to go does that seem right are you really going to do that and that i always wonder am i going to lose that client am i going to you know piss them off to the point where they go i don't need you but i earned a place of trust in their lives enough to that I can say things and they know I love them and that I'm speaking truth and love. But when you have that freedom, you have to take advantage of it. It's God served up that position for me in my life and for you in those right. moments. And he's counting on you to step up to the plate. Well, those of us that know you and know you well expect that from you. Mm. And you've, you've done me that way before. And I, I never walk away. Well, that prick! I can't believe he ne- never. Mm-hmm. I take what you I take what you tell me, whether it's correction or whether it's to build me up. I, I take it. I take it to heart, and I listen. I step back and say, you know what? He's right. Oh, and you. I've I've never known you not to be. Mm-hmm. So those of us that know you and, and and respect you, when when you tell us something, there's I bet there's not a man or a woman in your groups that don't listen to that. Hmm. Ever so that other one per- person that holds me accountable is, is Patsy. She's really good, and she, she she's more fierce than the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives are very. Oh, good she at, will correct me so so quick. I think it was uh, Tony Evans who was uh, he told a story about how he was driving home. Uh, no, he was doing a sermon at church, and the this little lady comes up after the sermon and goes, Pastor, that's got to be one of the best sermons of all time. And he's like, Oh, thank you. And as they're dri- and his wife heard her say that, and as they're driving home, he's kind of quiet. And he turns to his wife, and he goes. I wonder how many great sermons there were ever taught in in the history of the earth. And she says, one less than you think. (laughs) I just love that. She just reins him in like, dude, chill out. Don't start believing. Exactly. Go take the garbage out. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, you're a very experienced CEO. You've run a successful company. Give me one tip. And you already said one. I, I could throw it out if you draw a blank but what's a tip that you would want other ceos to think about that you've learned the hard way or you've learned through your journey that you could share with them today again it depends on the season of life the ceo's in uh the the greatest one that uh that patsy and i both learned and these uh first one i'll say came from uh, my children and and dad learned how to stay in your lane in the business mm. Stay in your lane. I, I learned that lesson the hard way. I walked into one of our offices shortly after Chad had taken over uh, as, as the CEO, and I was giving the manager these directions. The, you know, well, I really don't like that. You need to do this. I really don't like that. You need to do that. And so I left that day, and unbeknownst to me, the manager there called my son and says, you know, Chad, your dad just left here today, and he's giving me all this stuff, and it's, it's not anything like what you're asking me to do. And bless my son's heart, he immediately calls me. He says, "Dad, you don't. You're not getting this. You know, this is no longer your responsibility. 
learn to lane. stay in your lane, and wow. that was that was a great lesson for me. So now, unless something comes up that's horribly detrimental to the company, I don't say a word. That's I awesome. just I just I keep my mouth shut because I know that's not my lane anymore. I don't need to question it. unless it's something you know. Unless someone's going to die, yes, I'm or not going to go bankrupt. Yeah, stay I, in your lane. I, I stay in my lane. I that's say no. Awesome. So that was that was uh, that was one of the hardest ones to learn, and the other one was. Uh, making sure that the generation that took over leadership, or any leader for that matter, they've got to have the responsibility and the authority. As a business owner, you can't retain the authority and give another leader in the company the responsibility. That is, you're, 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 you're creating hell on earth in that company if you do that. You cannot keep the authority and just give them. They got, they have to have both, especially in a generational business. But I, I think it works in leadership. Period. If you're a CEO and you you hire people to do a job, you just need to stay in your lane as well and let the, let them have the responsibility and is, the authority. That's just so good. Don't don't get in the middle of their stuff. Yeah. That's what you're paying them for. Well, so you're you're right. Stay in your lane as you as you move into that spot, or, or you know anything you're doing. Stay in your lane. But as you move out as a leader, it's a great transitional mindset. If you're going to give someone the responsibility, you got to give them the authority. Yes. And I I see that not happening a lot, where you'll put someone in a role and then you'll constantly second guess it, or you'll work around them and go, well, I don't like this, so I'll go talk to the guy and go, don't do that, go this. And you're, you're yeah. killing yourself. You are. You're making it hell for yourself. You put them there so you can go do something else. Go do something else. Stay in your lane. But if you can't, then you really haven't given them the authority. Well, you're undermining their leadership. You you're are. undermining the culture. You're, you're undermining everything that that, yeah. that leader in your company is trying to create if you second-guess him and are constantly going behind his back. And yeah, you can't, you can't do that. So today, someone is listening to this podcast who is a business owner, and you're hearing a successful businessman who has built and transferred his company to the third generation tell you that you need to stay in your lane and you need to give the authority with the responsibility. This is up to you. You are being you're being clearly directed by someone who's done it that you need to change. And I hope as you hear this today, you will you'll be willing to make that change, that you'll be willing to give the the authority that your leaders need to be responsible and to be accountable to the results you want them to have in the first place. I hope this inspires you today. Man, I have so enjoyed spending time with you. I'm glad we're friends. I love every chance I get to hang out with you. Me too. You bring such wisdom and joy into our group meetings. And uh, I'm, Kathy and I are just so blessed to have you earlier that we so met I, probably five years ago. And I called you up one day and I said, yeah, this is what I feel like God is wanting me to, to do with you, to come alongside you and Kathy and do whatever you ask. And I, I remember telling you, I, I don't want to be paid. I don't, I don't want to be a partner. I don't want to tell you how to run your business. All I want to do is help you yeah, now i had never I sat that. in on any of your meetings ever right. and but i have sat in on a lot of business peer-to-peer -peer groups like you have over my you know 44 or 42 years in this company and then maybe eight years in another company uh never and i've had a lot of facilitators is that what what, what, what do you i yeah facilitator is an appropriate word okay yeah. all right well I have had a lot of facilitators that I've sat in, whether it board in boardrooms, in you know, whether it's conflict. It doesn't matter what what business problem or issues you've got. I've sat in with a lot of facilitators. I have never sat in one with good as you. Wow, that's very kind. It Thank you. I mean, I remember the first one I went to. I left and I thought, 
this guy's really good at what he does. <laughs> I'm a man. I, I wish I had had a Robert Hunt years ago that I, that would have done. Because you just what I love about it, you do it. You do it out of love. Yeah, that's what's so cool. Yeah. and not a lot of them. You know, now it's business. Well, and you and Kathy, you you pour into your members. You don't just pour into that person sitting in that room that day that owns the company or is the CEO. You pour into their lives, their families, yeah. their kids. You do these events, and I have, I've never witnessed that. That may go on at, at other places, but I've never seen it. And at my age, you think, well, you probably would have seen that. But I tell you, nobody does it as good as you. Oh, you're very so good. I would encourage, if you need a peer-to-peer group, this is the guy you ought to look at because I've got experience in them, and nobody does it as well as you and I, I, I wanted you to hear that from me thank you you are That's good at it my friend well very, you're very kind. and I'm not paid this is not a paid a paid <laughs> this is not a paid for ad by I believe God has a, has created in me uh, a journey and a personality and uh, the skills to do what I do for a living and, and yes, I take he it has. very seriously and it shows and um, so thank you for those kind words well I'll wrap up our podcast this is a very long podcast I hope people have enjoyed it uh, and uh, if you've listened to this podcast and you liked it please share it with other people or comment to me and let me know if you have other people that you'd like to have us interview. I'm going to interview every one of my group members over the time. It's been fun just to spend time with them one-on-one like this. So we'll have more in the future, and uh, I'm just thrilled to have had time with you today, Wayne. Thank you. I did too.